The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Showtime! Hey guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to a new episode of Garthology, and thank you once again for joining us on this road trip. For today's episode, which is Season 2, Episode 24, we'll be taking a look at the last six songs on Garth's classic rock cover album from Blame It All on My Roots. We really enjoyed the first five songs in our last episode, and I'm excited to discuss the remaining classic songs. Garth's Blame It All on My Roots, Five Decades of Influences box set was the result of his live acoustic shows at the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas, and the box set included a DVD of one of those shows. Garth's residency at the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas ran for 189 shows. It started on December 11, 2009, and ended on January 4, 2014. And during the show, Garth basically told his life story through song and gave us a glimpse into how he grew up. So these cover albums are such a great way to round off the release of the box set in conjunction with the DVD. He covered many of the songs released on these cover albums during that live show, and these songs really help us understand the influence that music had on his life while he was growing up. To start us off, I will discuss song number six. Song number six on Garth's classic rock covers is Bad Company. Bad Company was written by Simon Kirk and Paul Rogers, both of the original releasing band, also called Bad Company. Bad Company was released by Bad Company in 1974. I was never a huge fan of the original of this song. I've listened to Garth's version much more than the original, and to me, Garth's version is just better. The music is better, his vocals are better, so yeah, I like Garth doing this. The original is not a song I go out of my way to listen to, but I will go out of my way to listen to Garth doing it. So what did you think, Jess? I liked the song. I like his cover of it. I love the foreboding kind of sound of the opening. I love that it's a really cowboy kind of outlaw song. If you listen to the lyrics, it's about like a band of outlaws or a brotherhood of, I don't know, rogue soldiers or something like that. Uh, and Garth just picks up this style and runs with it like it's what he does every day. And I, I love that he can just go into a different genre like that and make it sound so natural. I love the guitar riffs in there, which I've mentioned before. I love electric guitar, so I'm a fan of that in general. But I thought this was a great cover. And and yeah, I approve. I Again, it's similar for me. I know the song. I can sing along with the chorus, but it's not something I was so familiar with that I was sensitive about somebody covering it. So I felt like he did a, a great job. How about you, Pete? 
my thoughts on Bad Company are basically what a badass song originally done by some badass dudes. I really enjoy the way that they did the song, but listening to Gar's cover, just the start of the song, it didn't seem as badass to me in the beginning. But then when he starts to sing, it just shows to me that this man really could do any genre if he wants. And I know that we've said that before. When he sings, I was like, okay, his voice is a little too mellow for the lyrics, but then he just lets loose with the grit and it brings his cover version to me far beyond what the original version and how it was sung um, originally. I love how Garth just slows it down uh, a little and then lets the instruments really shine in his cover. You know, we talk a lot about like, you know, when we can hear the instruments and things in music and in song. And like I'm a through this podcast have really started to learn how to listen to the instruments as much as the lyrics and the instruments in this one. They they're badass. I mean, everything about this is badass. I love the way that Garth does it. And the instruments are great. But yeah, that's my thoughts on this one. I, I really enjoyed Garth's cover. And I, I actually enjoyed the original as well. Maybe a little biased because it's Garth, but I enjoy his a little bit better than theirs. I know I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go over to Jess to discuss song number seven. Song number seven is Midnight Rider. But I'm not going to let them catch me, no. Not going to let them catch the midnight. No, I'm not gonna let them catch me, no Not gonna let them catch the midnight Midnight Rider was written by Greg Allman and Robert K. Payne and performed by the Allman Brothers Band. It was the second single from their second studio album, Idlewild South, and was released March 26th of 1971. The original release of the song didn't chart, but Greg Allman's solo version of the song released in 1973 was actually the biggest chart success that it had. It made it to the top 20 in the U.S. and Canada. Um, And Willie Nelson also recorded a version of this song that peaked at number six on the U.S. country charts, which I don't know that I've ever heard. And I mean, maybe I have. I don't remember hearing it, but I'm a big Willie Nelson fan, so I kind of feel like I want to look that up and listen to it. Or maybe, Deb, if you could find it and like drop a little piece of it in there, I'd like to hear it, and I never actually looked it up. Oh, yeah. I'm bound to keep on riding And I got one more silver dollar And I ain't gonna let them catch me, no I ain't gonna let them catch According to Wikipedia, Allman and Payne actually broke into the studio to complete a demo of this song. They did not have a key and they didn't want to wait, so they just let themselves in when nobody would come in and open it up for them. And Greg Allman said that it's the song he's the most proud of in his career. Garth says on this album, this recording falls somewhere between the original recording and Greg Allman's solo recording, which makes the blend kind of something original, which I thought was cool. Like the blend of two different versions made it be something unique. And uh, he says this is his sentimental favorite because it feels like something we would have done on a Garth album. And I can kind of hear it when I listen to it that way. This isn't a song that I was super familiar with. Again, I could sing along with the chorus, but I didn't know the verses and know the words in that way. But I could definitely hear like it would have been something he would have done on maybe a later album and just thrown in for kind of that Southern rock feel. This one, it's it's kind of a mix of blues and Southern rock and soul, which makes an interesting sound. 
and Garth really gets into the chorus on this one, and I love hearing that. It's when he, when you can hear that he had a good time recording it, that always translates to the audience, I think. And so I enjoyed that part of it probably the most. But what about you, Pete? What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Midnight Rider is fantastic. I, again, I love the instruments in, in the original one. And I started realizing that I was writing that a lot. And then I went back and I thought about how much I talked about it in part one of the covers. And I think it was just that time and genre of music, like instruments to me really shined in this style of music at the time. And I think that it was helping me get through listening to the originals. I love the Allman Brothers version so, so, so much. Um, Garth's version for me was really good. He allowed the instruments to shine as well. I cannot say that I enjoyed Garth's cover as much as I enjoyed the original. At times, to me, it almost sounded like Garth was trying to yell the lyrics to get the same sound. And I know that he wasn't, but it just didn't it didn't catch me like like the original one. The background singer for Garth does very well, but I think that the original cut with the Allman Brothers, the more singers, it really fits them a little bit better on the song than I thought it did with with Garth and his cover. Anthony, what are your thoughts on it? That's interesting. I didn't feel that way. I'm surprised to learn that we differ so much because I think this is a good solid cover by Garth. And in comparing Garth's version to the original, I actually thought it made the original pale in comparison. Hmm. I thought Garth's vocals were stronger. And I thought the music is just so much better in Garth's version. The orchestration to me is bigger, it's grander, it's more complex than the original. So I'm surprised. Now I kind of want to go back and listen and see to hear what you heard in it. Because for me, instantly, I was more drawn to Garth's version. And I know the original will always be a classic, but I just thought that Garth's version was so much better. We don't need to tell anybody, but I wonder if it was the 1974 CD player I was listening to it on. Maybe it was the speaker. <laughs> no, it could just be me. I'm not a huge fan of the original. I love it. And so it could just be, but because of that, I was more drawn because it was Garth. Hmm. But I just thought the music was bigger and better. And and the other one just sound, I guess it just sounded outdated to me. Hmm. And so that's why I was more drawn to Garth's version of it. It's crazy because the older one, like that sound sounded like what I, I guess I imagine, thought that that song should sound like. And then maybe Garth's newer version, it just wasn't to me like, it just seemed like Garth was yelling so much, or maybe it wasn't yelling, but it, like he was reaching for those those keys, I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a little bit of the background singer for Garth that didn't, uh, I'm not sure who it was. I, I, could, I looked, I couldn't find yeah. out who it was. And it wasn't that they were bad. It just didn't seem like it fit the lyrics as well as I thought the original one did. So that's weird. That is interesting. I love that, though. I love when we don't all feel the same way about it because I get a, a different perspective. Even for these songs that aren't Garth originals, I enjoy that, hearing what everyone thinks. So, Yeah, I think so, too. I like that. I like when we, we're not always saying how perfect he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'd, we'd get boring if that's all we have. <laughs> it's true. All right. So I think we kind of tied that one up well. Yeah, I think so. I think we can move on to song number eight. And Pete has that one. What do you have for us? Yeah, I get song eight off the classic cover album. And it's all right now. Baby, it's a hard ride now 
All Right Now was written by Andy Frazier and Paul Rogers. It was released in 1970 by the band Free on their album, Fire and Water. It was released as their second single off the album and really did well for them. It went to number two on the UK singles chart and number four on the US Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. It was a number one hit in over 20 territories and was recognized by ASCAP in 1990 for garnering over 1 million radio plays in the U.S. by late 1989. So while doing some research, there's a cool story I found out told by the drummer Simon Kirk, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, about how the song was written. He tells a story that he remembers getting off stage after a gig and as himself and the entire band, as they walked off, the crowd's applause had already finished before he even stepped off the drum riser and he could hear his own footsteps. He said it was obvious at that time to the band that they needed a rocker to close their sets, and all of a sudden, an inspiration hit Andy Frazier, and he started bopping around singing All Right Now. He says that Frazier sat down in the dressing room, and it took about 10 minutes for the song to be written. I really enjoyed the original version, but as far as Garth's version, I wholeheartedly feel that his version is so much better in my opinion. I know it is a cover, different version, but man, when Garth hits the hey in that high key, goosebumps every time. This song sounds like it came very easy to Garth. Again, the instruments in the song really grabbed me. That little cowbell noise in the background through the entire song, I can't stop hearing it like a ding, ding, but it makes me listen to the lyrics so much more. Even the instrument solo mid-song, when there is no lyrics, it just makes me move, and that get, uh, the guitar at the end of that break in the song it's badass. Like that little solo is really cool. Annie, what are your thoughts on All Right Now? Well, like you, I love Garth's version of this. I I think that he sounds fantastic on it. I think he's loving every minute of recording it, which as a fan, that makes me enjoy it even more. I think it's a rocking cover of one of my favorites on this album. I think he did a great job with the music. It's true to the original, but I think his vocals just blow the original out of the water. I just love Garth's version of this song. I'm surprised. Well, I mean, I guess the original will always be a classic. And like all of the songs on this album, you know, they're all classics. He picked them for a reason. But I just wish that he could release these as singles because I think they would have done so well. You know, these are classic songs that everybody knows, and I just wish more of his versions of these songs could get out there. And I think this one, especially, that's my first thought is, dang, I wish Garth had released this as a single. It, it's almost like how it got me into a different genre. Maybe if Garth releases it in the country genre, right, or, you know, releases it, more country songs or fans would come over and, and maybe introduce themselves to, to that genre. Yeah, to the original. Right. What did you think, Jess? I had very similar notes to the two of you. Again, we haven't we haven't talked about it as much on this half, but the first half of the album we talked about a lot. A lot of these songs have very recognizable opening notes, and this was another one like that for me that like as soon as it starts, I was like, "Oh yes, everyone knows these notes." Garth shows his soulful side on this one, and I love that. I always love whenever he gets into music that way. And this song is just a blast anyway, but Garth 100% does it justice on the on this cover. And I can just visualize him rocking out to this one back in the day when he was a young guy growing up, you know, like I just, I'm like, yeah, he probably loved this song. I can totally see that. But Pete, you talked about the cowbell and I had specifically made a note about that. Like I was like the cowbell or whatever that is keeping the beat. I loved that. And then the guitar licks and it's all pulled together by like 
the bass beat. It's just, it's really, really good musically. And this is another one that I feel like really fits Garth's vocal style and range really well. Like he just kind of blended right into it and it was a natural fit. So I really liked this one. Okay, well, that does it for all right now. Let's pass it over to Deb for song nine. Song number nine is Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me was written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin and was a number two hit for Elton John in 1974. I love the original of this song, and I actually love George Michael's live version of this that was released in 1991. Garth's version, for some reason that I can't put my finger on, actually reminds me more of George Michael's version than it does of the original. I don't know why, but they sound really similar to me. But I will say for Garth's version, I love the horn section in his version. And I think that Garth's vocal is fantastic. When he gets to that really long free towards the end of the song, man, my heart soars. I just love it. And I think his desperation in the word just on the phrase, just allow a fragment of your life to wander free. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Like the emotion that he puts just in that line alone, makes his whole recording worth it. I just love that part of the song. So do you like this one as much as I do, Jess? I love this song, so I was really happy to find it on the album. But this ended up not being my favorite cover, but I think only because I I feel kind of like you did on some of the other stuff. I love this original so much uh, that it would be really hard for me to like a cover by anyone. But I mean, I like it okay. I enjoy it. I didn't hate it, but it's not my favorite on the album. That being said, I did enjoy finding out it was on here. Um, but I, I just don't hear Elton John and think Garth Brooks. Like they don't have a similar sound, I don't think. So it was it was a surprise as much as I was excited to find it on the album. It was less of a natural fit for me, in my opinion. So I think that that's why I had to kind of get used to the lower register of the vocals. But I did still really enjoy it. And musically, the arrangement was pretty similar to the original. It wasn't vastly different. So I liked that. And I, th- I mean, honestly, I can't picture anyone else doing a cover of it that I would enjoy at all. So the fact that I don't hate it says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is like me with a few of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I would never turn it off. I, I did still enjoy it. But it was harder for me to kind of give it a chance because I love the song so much. What about you, Pete? First and foremost, again, another iconic intro to another song. Mm-hmm. I listened to Elton John's version. And then I listened to a version that I believe was a duet with Elton John and George Michaels together. Mm-hmm. And I loved that version. I couldn't believe it. At first, I was like, this can't be the two of them. And I listened to it. And I, yeah, and I listened to it. And I just kept rechecking the facts. And it kept coming up. And I I really enjoyed that one. But Garth's version to me, far better than those two. Hmm. This is a song that I feel should have been written for Garth and Garth only. It just seems so natural for him. And then as I listened to it, I thought to myself, 
how could Garth and Trisha do a duet of this one? Oh. I took the Elton and the Jordan Michael version. And then I was like trying to listen to it as Garth and Trisha. And I thought to myself, well, that'd be pretty cool. Like it, oh, it, it yeah. could, like it, it might would. work, right? It, yeah. it might work. Yeah. yeah. So then I couldn't get away from the whole duet thing. And uh, I, I enjoy the song. Um, I loved Elton John and George Michaels, like I said, but Garth to me, this one, it just, this is like one of those songs. I think that if it would have been written and he would have grabbed it, maybe, you know, I know it did well for, for Elton John. I think it could have done really, really well for Garth for, for a long time. So those are my thoughts and I'm sticking to them. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess this gets added to my wish list from our last episodes about duets. Yeah. Now I have another one to add <laughs> to the list. <laughs> it's a right. very long album. Yes, it is. <laughs> They'd have to put it out in like a, a multi-box set, right? Released right. over four years. We'd have anthology of duets, one through ten. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. I would take it. I yeah, would absolutely. absolutely take Me it. too. Okay, let's turn it over to Jess for song number ten. Song number 10 is Addicted to Love. Addicted to Love was written by Robert Palmer, and it's the third song on his 1985 album Riptide and was released as the second single in 1986. The song ended up topping the Billboard Hot 100 as well as the Billboard Top Rock Tracks chart and was one of the last 45 RPM singles to receive a million-selling gold certification. I have vivid memories of that video playing on like very early MTV. I think everybody does. Everyone who like was into early MTV. Because there wasn't a lot out then and it was very different. Um, But I had like the high fashion models and the heavy makeup all holding different instruments and making up like the backup band. It was originally the song was supposed to be a duet with Shaka Khan, which blew my mind. And I can't (laughs) even imagine that. But apparently there was a conflict with the labels and they couldn't make it happen. I just can't picture it being a duet. But I thought it was interesting trivia about the song anyway. Garth says this song would have also fit nicely on the Blue Eyed Soul cover album, but to him it screams more rock and roll, and I have to agree with him. I think it fits better here. It it could have gone on Blue Eyed Soul, if he, I think if you look at some of the other songs that were on there, but it does, if I'm picking, it's more of a rock song to me. From the very first drum beats, followed by the gritty guitar licks and the synth keyboard sounds that's like very 80s, it screams rock to me, but specifically 80s rock. And this song will forever make me think of the Tom Cruise movie Cocktail, which I was obsessed with as a kid and just it's indelibly tied to the 80s for me. So that's what I think of when I hear this song is them singing along in the bar. Just to go on note, I have seen that movie. Thank you. Only because Aunt Deb was a part of it somehow. That's the only reason why. Uh, well i there's a scene in there where they're singing it at the bar and like turning down the stereo and singing the chorus and that's what it makes me think of it's one of those songs that everybody knows the chorus and can sing along with it even if you don't know the verses but i think just running in the background everyone you know who's maybe not like millennials but everyone who's a millennial or above i feel like knows this song 
And I think I need a video of this one with Garth in the foreground and a bunch of like CGI Trisha's dressed in her Let's Be Frank cover album and like the fedora <laughs> playing all the instruments in the That's background. Awesome. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be great. <laughs> if somebody out there is like really techie and can Photoshop that, I would just love to see it. Just her playing all the instruments. <laughs> Um, how do you feel about this cover of Addicted to Love, Pete? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's not a, a song that I would normally listen to, uh, like you were saying, but it's one that, you know, everybody kind of knows the lyrics to. And when it comes on, I do. I know the lyrics to to the song. And, and uh, now, granted, to me, there's a lot of the same lyrics in the song, but it is mm-hmm. an iconic song. Garth's version of it, for me, was very fun. And it shows that this man can find all the ranges of music. And he really shows it. Uh, you know, in the song, um, I cannot get past the sax in this song. It's like in your face for the entire song. And that's like what grabs me and keeps pulling me along here. I think that all versions or covers of this song could go without the you might as well face it. You're addicted to love lyrics to finish the song because there's just way too many of them. And I was like, OK, I got to listen to this through because I don't want to miss anything. And it just goes on and on and on. Take like 37 of those out and we'll be good, in my opinion. But that's my thoughts on it. How about you, Deb? So I'm going to take it even further. So honestly, this is my least favorite song on this album. But that has nothing to do with Garth at all. I was in high school in 1986. This song was everywhere. And I do not like the original song in any way, shape, or form. So although I like Garth's version better... That's not saying a lot because I just don't like the song itself. So for me, I usually skip it whenever it comes on. If it's on the radio, I change it. If it comes up on, you know, a playlist, I move on. Whether it's the original or Garth's version, it doesn't matter. It's just a personal thing with me and it has nothing to do with Garth. He's great on it. I just wish that out of all the rock songs in the world that there are, that he had just picked any other song to cover because there's so many other ones and I just don't like this song. So I love you, Garth. I do not like this song choice. Wow. Controversial. (laughs) Did you like immediately hate the song or did it just get played so much because it was so popular that you got burned out on it? I immediately hated it. I immediately hated the song. I immediately hated the video. I do not, I'm not a fan of Robert Palmer's. I couldn't name to you even another song that he's done. I don't like it. I never have, never will. No hope that you were going to like a version of this from Nope, not even a little. (laughs) All right. Well, let's see how different our thoughts are on the last song. Uh, Pete has song number 11, so go for it. Yeah, I get the final song, song 11, off the classic cover, and it's Good Night, Saigon. Good Night, Saigon was written by Billy Joel and originally appeared on his 1982 album, The Nylon Curtain, about the Vietnam War. I did not know much of the reason to the song, so bear me with me as I read some very interesting info about it that I found on Wikipedia. 
The lyrics of Goodnight Saigon were about Marines in the battle bonding together, fighting their fears and trying to figure out how to survive. The singer, a United States Marine, sings We Rather Than I, emphasizing that the Marines are all in the situation together. In the bridge, Joel sings of the darkness and fear it induced in the Marines. This leads into a refrain which has multiple voices coming together to sing that the Marines will all go down together, emphasizing their camaraderie. Joel has said that he wasn't trying to make a comment on the war, but writing about the soldier as a person. According to a Rolling Stone critic, Stephen Holden, as the song unfolds, Joel's we becomes every American soldier, living and dead, who fought in Southeast Asia. When I read this, it forever changed my feelings about the song's meaning. I didn't know much about it before, and it made me love the song that much more. Billy Joel's version will forever be unbeaten, and I bet Garth would agree with that. There are iconic songs written and performed by originals, and no matter who tries to cover it, they just cannot be beaten. In my mind, this is one of them. Garth's version of it, for me, was well done. Just a very slow song for Garth, and the truth is, after reading the meaning behind the song, I think that changed my mind on anybody trying to cover it. I think if you didn't live the meaning of the song, then you cannot truly sing it from the heart, and that changed the way I listen to the song now. That is why I love this podcast so much. The research really opens my eyes to the music and meaning. I will forever listen to any song that Garth sings, but if I get to pick between Garth on this one and Billy Joel, I think that I always pick Billy's version. Deb, what do you think about it? Okay, so here we are. We're different again. (laughs) We're exact opposites again. So, And I'm a huge fan of Billy Joel, and I'm so glad that a Billy Joel song made it onto Garth's classic rock album because I think it's a perfect fit. And this song is so good in particular, both the original and Garth's cover. I love them both. I just love Garth's version even more. I, I just think that Garth's vocals are so much stronger. Billy Joel is a great singer. He's a great songwriter. He's an amazing piano player. But I just truly think that Garth's vocals are so much better on this song. And the song itself, to me, Garth's song just has a different feel to it. I love the multiple layers. I love the way he came at the music and the vocals. And like I said to start, I'm a big Billy Joel fan. But I I gotta say it, I actually would go back and listen to Garth's song more than I would listen to Billy's mm. version of this. I just love it so much. I just think Garth's vocals are grittier. I think they're pitch perfect. And it just, it appeals to me more. I think, like you said, Pete, the storyline is amazing. I love having the multiple voices come in because I think that represents those Marines out there on the battlefield together. And that's very emotional for me. But I just got to say, I love Garth's version more. What did you think, Jess? I'm probably somewhere in the middle because I'm I wasn't familiar really with the song to begin with and so both of them were kind of new to me anyway. But as I listened to this one, I found myself wondering if the whole last song on the album spot is still a thing on the cover album, like if that's still a special mm-hmm. spot when it's all covers. Which I don't have an answer to. I just found myself wondering about that. It seems like this would be a song, you know, he he tends to be drawn to things like Ireland and Bella Wood and about like that brotherhood of soldiers and things like that. I found myself focusing a lot on the lyrics because I didn't know the song and it's very sad. And I could have guessed that from the song title and the time period that it came from. I loved hearing the gravel in Garth's voice on the big moments in the song. And then when it gets to the we will all go down together. 
chorus of voices that you guys talked mm-hmm. about. I had goosebumps. It was so good. There's part of it. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a part where the drum beats to me, they're very staccato and it sounds like gunfire. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. It's actually like yeah. a tapping yes. of, yeah. And it sounds mm-hmm. like gunfire in the background and that really grabbed my attention. And then um, at the end, the chopper blades in the background, again, like really kind of pulls you in and makes it real. So this wasn't my favorite, mainly because I just didn't know the song. And it's probably not one I'd ever listened to much, but more just because it's sad. And it like stuff like that we've talked about before, like I can't get through these songs without just being really emotional. So I probably it would take a very, very special song about any kind of war or anything like that for me to want to listen to it on a regular basis because it just it really gets to me but i do think it was a good cover of a song that was good to begin with and so yeah i think i fell somewhere kind of in between you guys on that one well Well, i liked this discussion this was good one for us yeah i like when we disagree we'll have to do that more often right (laughs) it doesn't come easy though it does not come easy (laughs) and when it does it's so surprising Right. right okay guys That wraps up our discussion of the last six classic rock songs on Garth's classic rock cover album from his Blame It All on My Roots box set. And now from Garthology, we would just like to wish a very happy birthday to one Miss Trisha Yearwood. Today's episode comes out on September the 17th, and Miss Yearwood's birthday is September 19th. So happy birthday, Queen. Happy birthday, Trisha. Happy birthday, Trisha. Hey, all you Garthologists, don't forget to go wish her a happy birthday on social media. Give her some love. Now let's go over to Pete for a shout out to one of our very favorite Garthologists. Shout outs. This week's shout out goes to Kathleen Barnett. We are so happy to see that you found us and the podcast. Thank you for the kind words, and we hope to continue to bring you great Garth info that either you knew or didn't, but learned and or remember. We appreciate the support. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Thanks, Kathleen. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by and leave a comment on our blog page to let us know how we're doing. You can also submit a show idea. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the website. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Do you listen on Apple Podcasts? If so, stop by there now and give us a rating and write up a quick review to let us know how we're doing and encourage others to listen. Be sure and share us with your friends so that they can become Garthologists too. Okay, Garthologists, if you guys have friends hiding in low places and they want to get in touch with us on social media, you could reach us at facebook.com backslash Garthologycast. And if they use Instagram or Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast there. We love when you guys share, interact, tweet, retweet, and or just send us a message. We appreciate the support. and We hope to see you guys there. Be sure to join us for our next episode of Garthology, where we'll be discussing some of our favorite Garth Brooks heartbreak songs. That will be season two, episode 25, and will be available on your podcast platform of choice on September 27th. Until then... This has been Season 2, Episode 24 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. That's so funny, I did.
No, yeah. Oh, I thought you were laughing. Yeah. I was like, what do I do now? No, I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Why is that not there? Okay, I'm going to start over. We are struggling tonight. <laughs> Aunt Deb screwed it all up, man. This is not our strongest ending. For 30-something episodes, it's been the same, and she wants to change it all of a sudden. <laughs> He's, like, breathing super heavy. You have to stop, buddy. Just sit. Rocky. Stop breathing, Rocky. Stop breathing. 